Welcome to I Love My HBCU Question Mark, the podcast where we express our undeniable love for HBCUs, but where we are also not afraid to address a few tough questions. So, sit back, learn a little, love a lot, and rep your HBCU. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of I Love My HBCU Question Mark. I have Christopher Matthews with me today, and he is from, I believe everyone at Florida A&M University loves to believe that they are at the number one HBCU in the country, don't you? We are technically the number one public HBCU in the nation. We are, yeah. Okay, okay. So, okay, I'll brag on you guys a little bit because they have been my competitors in several different spaces. When mm-hmm. I've been the coach of the Honda Campus All-Star Challenge, uh, they were my competitors then. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys are fierce competitors, Father Lord in heaven. Um, what is it? Yes, give us, give us, give us some secret sauce here. What is it about stepping onto the campus of Florida A&M University that just emboldens that pride that honestly all of you really do have? So I would honestly say because we're situated in a deep south, uh, the campus being predominantly black, uh, we don't. I'm pretty sure we have probably a five percent other population. So majority of the campus being black, um, the community and surrounding uh, BAMU being majority black, it's it's more of a pride that we can do anything that we put our minds to. Um, to know BAMU had a hospital, uh, we had our own law school. We have uh, our little nickname, our little quote is we have bragging rights. And so we, we just take a lot of pride in our school and uh, a lot of us have legacy. You know, our parents went to the school our grandparents went to the school and we just trying to carry on the um the torch. Are are you a legacy kid? I actually am. My okay. father and my mother and my brother graduated from FAMU. Wow. Yep. Wow. I I'm 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 not saying this just to say this because you're wrong. There's there's Howard University is my alma mater. Kentucky State okay. University is also my alma mater. When I think about Howard University, I absolutely think about pride. However, however, anytime I meet either a current Florida A&M University student or an alum, I just step aside and I let you guys do your thing. Because it's, it's a little, it's you, North Carolina A&T, is, there's something there. There's something in the water that you need to share with the rest of us. Um, I, we, we have pride, but Lord have mercy. It's, it's something, it's something, it's something, it's something. You also, however, have personal pride in a lot of the things that you are doing at Florida A&M. Tell us, tell us, I know what they are, but for the audience, tell us what those things are. Well, um, currently I am the chaplain of the Big Brother, Little Brother mentoring program in which we take incoming freshmen and pair them with upperclassmen to help them with their transition from high school to college. Um, I'm also the president and owner of my own nonprofit, Helping Black Communities Incorporated, where our vision statement is one day Black communities will be economically sustainable and politically engaged safe havens. Uh, driven by the unity and cooperation of the youth. So I'm I'm involved in quite a few things up here. Uh, I just, I, I, 
I would say it's like me trying to get my foot in the door and a couple of things, but honestly, purposeful. And I believe I'm just on my purpose and doing what needs to be done. You said that you are very purposeful and I'm listening to, um, and you, you, we've had a very brief conversation before, but I'm listening to the energy with which you spoke about or with which you speak about your nonprofit organization. Um, it's a very specific purpose of creating a safe haven um, for financial security, political security. What inspired that very, very specific vision? Well, I, currently I am a political science uh I'm going to say scholar. I don't like saying major. I'm a, currently a political science scholar. I minor in Afro-American studies. So I've always had uh, just a, a passion for politics in a sense, a passion for wanting to change things. And I know you have to change things through politics. Um, currently, I work for the Florida Association of Counties, and we basically work on public policy at the Capitol. So I'm at the Capitol um, during legislation session and just working on bills that, that's going to affect all 67 Florida counties. So that kind of like got my foot in the door when it's in terms of like politics and getting my feet wet. And then it was like, okay, what can I do to help black people? Cause I'm black, you know, and, and seeing the condition that we are in economically and politically, um, that really drove me to start the nonprofit and found a couple other students who align with our goal and our mission. And we're just doing our thing. As, as someone who, who uses purpose in a lot of his commentary, what keeps you going? Uh, you've thrown a lot of things out there that you do. And I I always remind myself that um, after all, these are students that I'm talking to. After all, they still have to succeed in this area, in that area, and in this area. And what we call adulting, like real hard adulting, hasn't really hit you yet, even though it will. Um, it's coming. <laughs> And especially since you're a senior, it's coming fast. Yeah. Um, but it, it sounds as if you've already tipped your foot into what some of that looks like. So, Christopher, what keeps what keeps Christopher Matthews going? What keeps you going? This is a great question. First and foremost, I have to say God. God keeps me going. I pray every day. Um, I, could, I consider myself a follower of Christ because my name is Christopher, the bearer of Christ. So, um God is definitely number one. Number two, I have to give honor to my parents. My mother and my father definitely keep me going. They're always on me about, you know, getting my work done, um, helping me out financially if I need help. Um, I, I just thank God that I have such a wonderful parents that can help me out every day. I hear community. In everything that I just heard you say, I hear community. God is part of that community that sustains you, mom and dad. Yep a part of that community that sustains you. And, and for that reason, you're still standing tall. And I bet we, we're going to be looking forward to some amazing things from you in the future. So good no on you. Um, I'm going to bless you. I keep saying bless you. I'm going to bless you with our rapid fire segment. It's 67 seconds of as many fun questions, fun in quotes, fun questions that I can throw at you. And the time is going to start at the end of the first question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Um, do you have college roommates? That's not part of the nope. 67. Oh, you don't. 
You don't. So do yes, you live by I yourself? Live, I live in my, by myself currently. Yes, I do. But you've lived with siblings. Uh, growing up, I lived with my brother in the house. We did okay. live together. Okay. First year on uh, at FAMU, I lived in the dorms. So okay, I shared beautiful. a room. Beautiful. <laughs> shared a room with somebody else. There's a reason why I'm asking all these questions, okay? Yeah. Now, at the end of this first question, the 67 seconds starts. How okay. would your college roommates describe you? Neat or junky? Neat. Why does everybody neat. say neat? I don't believe everybody who says neat. I don't believe you. I mean, even my house right now is pretty clean. Um, I make sure I, I pride myself in, in cleanliness. Uh, I have a little little saying: if you can't if you can't make your bed up in the morning, how can you you know help the world out? Okay, I'll so take it's it. It's just something little like that. That's I'll take going it every day. You're graduating next year, right? Yes, ma'am. May 2024. Who do you want as your commencement speaker? Now, does this, do I get to choose? Who of I course. Want? Okay. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Dead or alive or just alive? Oh, gosh. Um, it's your commencement speaker. They have to be there next year. So I'm okay. going to go with alive. He's very old and very controversial. but. Minister Louis Farrakhan. Minister Louis Farrakhan. It's, it, listen, it's your choice. But I always say this. If Minister Louis Farrakhan gets to hear this, you've been invited. Christopher Matthews would love to see you at his commencement at Florida A&M University, May 2024. Shout out your favorite professor. Favorite professor? Uh, Dr. Paul. Dr. Paul? Gary Paul. Yes, sir. What does he teach? Uh, he teaches, I mean, at FAMU, we have professors that <laughs> they, they have multiple classes and everything, but his main class I took was, uh, public administration. Uh, he also has a black religion class and I'm pretty sure a political theory class as well. Like I said, Florida a and professors are really, uh, versatile. Okay. Okay. That ends the 67. Thanks for indulging me. And uh, Professor Paul, I always want us to shout out professors. I don't think they get thanked enough. So Professor Paul, wherever you are, thank you for making an impact on Christopher Matthews. Yep. Christopher, we, before we got on, on, on the recording, I, you gave me a geography lesson and I appreciate it. So I now know that even though Florida A&M University is in Florida. It's not a hop, skip and a jump away from where you are from in West Palm Beach, Florida. Nonetheless, why did you select this particular HBCU? And don't give me the legacy reason. I want more okay. than the legacy yeah. reason. How did you select FAMU as your HBCU of choice? Well, to be completely honest with you, uh, West Palm Beach Although West Palm is still in Florida and the Tallahassee is in Florida as well, West Palm's demographic is completely different to Tallahassee's demographic. Uh, West Palm Beach has more Caribbeans, more, uh, I would say, Hispanics. It's more diverse. It's more of a melting pot compared to Tallahassee. Um, I, I'm not going to give you a legacy reason, but my father is actually from Tallahassee. Uh, he's born and raised from Tallahassee, and he moved down to West Palm once he graduated, and he married my mom. But I have a lot of family up here. And the HBCU, uh, growing up uh, in, in Boynton Beach, it wasn't a lot of talk about HBCUs. It wasn't 
I mean, the nearest HBC to us was Florida, Florida Memorial, Memorial University and yes. uh, Miami, but nobody really kind of talked about it. It wasn't really like pride in the, in like HBCUs. Everybody's mm. talking about what PWI we want to go to. I want to go to the, to the UF Gators. I want to go to USF. I want to go to UCF. And I just knew I didn't want to go to a campus where I want, where I would be a minority, where I'd have to like fit in or where I have to like, just, it just, I wanted to be around my people. And I have, I take pride in that. I want to be around my people. I wanted to, even in high school, I was in a predominantly black high school, predominantly black middle school. I take pride in being amongst my people. And I feel like I can, I feel like I'm here for a reason and I'm among my people for a reason. And I'm really here to help uh, educate, help uh, further us politically, help further us economically. I just know I'm here for a reason. and God put me here for a reason. That's all I have to say. So I, I love the energy with which you, um, especially near the end of, of your commentary, I love the, the, the energy with which you describe, listen, I think in your head, you were trying not to use the word, but in your head, if I could just take a peek behind the way you kept on gesticulating, I said to myself, he's saying, this was my purpose. I'm supposed to be at Florida A&M. This is where I was supposed to be. That, that's what I got from every single time you went like this with your hands um, mm. in answering that question. So I took the legacy off the table for you, but it sounds mm. as if you are not going anywhere else but Florida A&M University. <laughs> And let my dad tell it. He wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna let me go anywhere else besides Florida and them. And I thank him for that. Now, okay, because you've got you your legacy, and you've got parents who, um, specifically uh, direct parents who went to um, um, Florida A and M. I'm hoping you guys compare experiences every now and then. You do. We do. Nice. Give, give, give us, give us, give us a, a bird's eye view into one of those conversations, right? So, what was the, yes, what was the experience? What is it? What, give us one difference that you hear your mom and dad talk about that's different from your experience. I'm excited to hear this. <laughs> so my parents went to FAMU in the nineties. So during the nineties, you had more, uh, it was definitely more politically engaged. We had more of a sense of uh, pride in being black. But at the same time, they had Freak Nick in, Freak Nick in Atlanta. You know, that generation was kind of, you know, wilding out and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, compare that to my brother's generation. Uh, he had, luckily, I have a, had a brother who went to FAMU and I could come up here and visit him and whatnot. But he had set Friday on the set. Just the culture when I used to come up here was just amazing. And I knew once the first time I came up here, I said, okay, I definitely have to go to school here. But compare that to now uh now it's kind of i don't want to uh, i love my school but now it's kind of different we're not mm. as politically engaged mm. we are we don't have set friday on the set no more it's it's on the amphitheater it's they move the area of our main like party our main thing we do on fridays um so things kind of changed over the years towards i guess we're trying to become more of a public we want to like better our image in the public eye so we're just changing things up a little bit from how things were run previously but that's something i could say changed it's just a different atmosphere on campus compared to how it was before 
That's fair. Uh, well, of course that's fair. That's the experience that you're having as opposed to the experience that your parents are having. I want to make this a little broader. Um, since you've gone there, let's go there together. And it's politics amongst HBCU students and um, that direct community. I, I was going to ask you Trump or DeSantis because you are from Florida. I was gonna, I was gonna throw that in there for the rapid fire. Do me the honor of answering Trump, and I, those are the only two options I'm giving you. I'm not giving you any other option. If I, would, he's he's looking at me squirming. You're slightly squirming. For those who are only listening to us, he is squirming. <laughs> if I were to give you just Trump or DeSantis as as options, what would your option be? Trump. Wow. Uh, DeSantis is. The census is like a, I don't want to say like a mini Hitler or anything, but his curriculum and his policies are kind of like out there. And it's just like, come on now, you know, but Trump, I don't, I know Trump has, you know, fault, faults and he has his, you know, bad, but Trump is from Palm Beach. So growing up, you know, Mar-a-Lago is right there. We used to see Air Force One fly in and all the things like that. And um, I just, as a businessman, reading his book, uh, Art of a Deal, it's just little things you pick up. Like, oh, this guy, this guy is different. There's something mm. about him that's very, he's going to be, when it's all said and done, when we look back in history books, he's going to be a main character in our history books in a mm. couple of years. Mm. So I don't think you're wrong. That very last statement that when we look back in history, he's going to be a character, uh, a main character that's featured, especially in this, in this time frame. What I've just heard you say though, I truly hope, uh, more of us and the us Tosin is referring to is older generation are paying attention to your generation's viewpoint on politics. I don't think we're paying as much attention on your generation's viewpoint on politics as much as we should, because I am hearing more and more people give the same perspective that you just shared. And for me, a perspective is just that, a perspective. It doesn't make it wrong. It doesn't make it right. It's your opinion that you're sharing. And I think we need to engage that opinion with you a little bit more than we're currently doing. So mm. I, I hope politicians get to hear us talk in this moment, because I do think uh, the Christopher Matthews of the world, and feel free to correct me if this statement is wrong, would encourage more various politicians to have conversations with HBCU students on how they think and feel about the political landscape. Um, I, I hope that on, happens. Please, please on, go ahead. On that point, I'm definitely, I'm a registered independent. So I don't, my father's a Democrat. My mother's a Republican. Uh, that made me a registered independent. And like uh, I said, I don't really have a, a allegiance to any party. I yeah. don't really think, I don't think in that mindset. Yeah. I think, to be honest with you, I think what is going to help black communities yeah. succeed? What yes. is going to help our communities grow? What is going to help our community just be sustainable? That's literally all my thought is when I vote, when I think about politics. So, yeah. Christopher, if we had a whole hour and a half to two to just talk, I'm not kidding. I would slightly set aside the HBCU slant of this conversation and go directly into the politics of this. You just said your dad's a Democrat, your mom's a Republican. Can I make the assumption that your mom is also melanated? Yes? 
Yes, yes, she is. And you are an independent. Somebody, I'm, I'm going to talk to you after this. Somebody needs to have a conversation with the three of you because I am finding in all of my conversations on politics, especially with HBCU uh, uh, students and alum, that entire combination is growing more and more. I, 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 I run into more Black Republicans than I run, yes, than I run wow. into Black Democrats in my spaces now. They don't say it out loud. They don't say, they don't say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. So they would never come on this show for us to talk about it, but we're yeah. talking about it behind closed doors. Okay, I, can you tell I'm excited to have that conversation? <laughs> Yeah, and, and one one last yes, thing on that yes. point. Yes, uh, we have we have a FAMU College Democrats, mm. but we do not have FAMU College Republicans. Yes, nor do we have an independent political, you know, thing on FAMU's campus. So, in terms last uh, this fall last fall semester, twenty twenty two, I was the assistant campaign director for the mayor of Tallahassee. He was uh, a, a registered Democrat. He leaned towards a Republican. His uh, his opponent was further liberal, further Democrat. He leaned kind of to the Republican side, but he was Democrat. And just seeing how the dynamics worked amongst people, like, okay, we want people. It's just very weird when people get into a box of ideas and they just limit themselves to what they know. They don't, they're not open-minded. It's not mm -hmm. a lot of open-minded people in the world. That's what I wanted to say. Your so, generation, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I believe I'm right in saying this, that the generations behind you are pushing that. You're pushing that. You're pushing the, the, the disdain behind us being in these boxes of political um, um, leanings because, um, because why can't we think on both sides and that be okay? So I'm, I'm looking forward to what your generation and the generations behind you are going to do in pushing the politics. I, I wanted to go down the road of um, the difference of, of, of politics within um, your father's FAMU and your FAMU. Um, but we took it, we took it to politics altogether. And I, I yeah. love that. I absolutely love that. I do hear, though, more and more people express exactly what you just expressed, that the campuses are currently not as politically inclined. And correct me if I'm wrong, when I say politically inclined, all I mean by that is they don't get as politicized as they probably should be in an energized way as perhaps your father's generation did when he went to FAMU. Is, is, that, is that what you mean when you say they are not politicized as well? Yes, ma'am. And I believe there's a stigma behind politics and religion. Those are two things we don't want to talk about. And those are kind of the two most important things you can talk about. And I think that's where we're at right now, where we have to open up the discussion and be open-minded and hear people's opinions and not be quick to anger and just hear people out and what, what they believe is, you know, the truth in their eyes. Christopher, if you're okay with it, um, when campaign season hits, I want you and I to come back together on I Love My HBCU question mark and just talk politics and just talk politics from the perspective of HBCU students and the issues that they would like to see on the table during this next campaign season. I, are you okay with that? 
Yes, ma'am. Definitely. I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have a feeling that, uh, let's see. I, if I ask you, what does fam you get right? You've got an entire bag of things for me. So I'm not going to go easy on you and ask you, what does fam you get right? Cause uh, we know you love, we know, we know you love Florida A&M university. We know that. But because this show is also about holding us, and by us, I mean us and the HBCU family, accountable to always being better, what do you think, fam, you could be doing better? Just from your own experience and from your own perspective, as somebody who's going to join the alumni ranks very soon, what could they be doing better? So the first thing that was just beaming in my mind, I think we have to go back to implementing trade schools. We wow. have to implement some type of trades that we can go. Um, I don't want to say there's a lot of useless majors, but that's exactly what I'm saying. There's a lot of useless <laughs> he said majors. That's exactly what I'm saying. And we, we, we definitely need um, trades. We need more businesses. That's, that's definitely what we need to do. We need to have uh, maybe a, a, a small business fund where we, where we fund. There's a lot of entrepreneurs on campus. I mean, we have people who sell shirts. We have people who do lashes and all types of businesses uh, around. We just need to, you know, harness that energy, you know, put some more money into their pockets and help them out. A lot of these people don't have financial literacy. Um, we do need to focus more on financial literacy and uh, how do we run a business? What's the steps to starting a business? What, how do you create an LLC um, and, and all these other things? Also, I think we need to be, I know we talked about politi politics, but we have to be more politically engaged. I believe in the last election, we only had about 600 students vote. And we have a, a our campus is about 9,000 students. We only had 600 students vote in the last election. So that's very pitiful. And compare that to the rival school, FSU. I believe FSU had about 2,000 students vote on the last election. So we didn't even crack, we didn't even crack a thousand. So that's something we definitely have to focus on in terms of local politics, because I mean, if, like I said, I was running the assistant campaign director for the mayor of Tallahassee. So seeing, um, trying to get out the vote, helping, helping him get out the vote and seeing how we were really reluctant to vote. Not that we don't have, there is no more excuses. We have mail-in ballots. It was a voting center on campus. You can vote on campus. So it's really no excuses anymore, but we're just really, I, I don't, I want to say it's a reluctancy, but it's also a lack of knowledge. It's a lack of information going in that we're really like politically engaged. That's just, we're just not as politically, politically engaged as we should be. You, you, you're going to be a powerhouse someday. Um, you already are, but you're going to be a powerhouse someday. Um, I, I hear it in, in the manner in which you passionately speak of these things. Uh, you mentioned a number of things. The two that I want to draw out are the trade schools and uh, getting us more politically engaged. Now, at Florida A&M University, you said 600 out of almost 9,000 students voted. And I heard you say that um, it might be a lack of know-how and so on and so forth. What what advice, What if you have it, and if you don't have it, it's perfectly okay, because I'm putting you on the spot here, but you're pretty brilliant that you might actually have a really good answer or really good suggestion that Florida A&M could, could actually energize immediately. 
what action step do you think Florida FAMU can take? Because the election season is coming up on us very soon. It seems like we're always in an election season, if you ask me. Um, But local politics and beyond, what do you think FAMU can do as an action point, and I listen, I'm an administrator at an institution, Morgan State University, and I'm fully aware that we have several priorities. But you've mentioned two things that for a student you find needs to be more prioritized. Let's just take the political one first. What's one action step, simple action step that you think your university, your administration can implement to get more political awareness or more voting action within your institution? Well, the quick answer to that would be voter registration. We definitely need voter registration year round. We don't year round. When the the time they really focus on voter registration is probably a month before election season. So like instead of that, when students get on campus, are you registered to vote? Yes or no? Mm. Okay, this is how you register to vote. Okay, boom, boom, boom. Um, also, I think we need to energize the youth. There's people like Dr. Umar, 19 Keys, there's a whole bunch of speakers out there who are politically inclined, who can come to our campus and talk to the students and make the students more energized and more aware and, and just more conscious about what's going on in the world. So I think that's definitely, we need to, we, this was, this was going on in the nineties. They used to have, uh, speakers such as. Dr. Khalid Muhammad used to have uh, Jesse Jackson and, and all the other speakers who would come to the campuses to speak, but we don't have that anymore. I, mm. I can't even remember last, like, I don't want to say celebrity or last like black leader that came to our campus and spoke. I mean, that's very important. And I believe seeing somebody who looks like you, who's also connected to you in, in age range, mm. talk about these mm. issues. I think that's very important. I, I, I hope Listen, I hope they're hearing you. I hope that when when this episode comes out and your administration at FAMU hears this, that it activates because you've you've given two simple things and I'm calling them simple even as an administrator. It is simple. It is simple. Two simple things that I'm I'm going to take this more than just FAMU and say all HBCUs can do to activate that accountability for political awareness. Because you're right. Um, There's some organizations, the minute I step in, are you registered to vote? Are you registered to vote? Like the minute I step on on those entities, why, why? Welcome back to FAMU. Um, You, I've seen it on social media. You, all of your different um, um, organizations do such an amazing job of welcoming the students back to campus. So kudos to you. Why couldn't one of those be, hey, are you registered to vote? Just to do a double check. That sounds simple enough. It really, really does. And that's honestly what I'm doing with my nonprofit, Helping Black Community Unite Incorporated. We're going to up the voter engagement and we're going to do this not only at FAMU, but we're going to start at FSU and TCC. And God willingly, we're going to be all across the nation and overseas. I love it. I love it. I, I love it. It's it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of energy. Don't give up, Christopher. Uh, when things get really, really hard, just remember, take a deep breath, but be consistent. Keep putting in the hard work and you're going to reach your goal. Because that 
if, if that's just the simple thing you do and you get that energized throughout all of the campuses, I think you've won. I really do. Because you can't tell people who to vote for, but you can give them the entryway to making sure that they actually do so. So good on yep. you. The second simple thing that you mentioned, because I do want your administration to hear this, but I also want the speakers to hear this. Because again, I'm on the administration side at my institution and I know it's not just as simple as asking the speakers to come. Sometimes there is a, a slight tediousness that goes into the speaker fee. There's a slight tediousness that goes into getting the speaker down there. However, let me say this also as somebody who is on the administration side, there's so many speakers who getting the message out there means so much to them that they waive their speaker fees for some institutions. I know if you see Christopher, he's like, see, see, <laughs> but they do, they do. They waive their speaker fees. They, they, and, and, and listen, financial viability matters. I'm not saying everybody should waive their speaker fees. That is not what Tosin is saying. What Tosin is saying though is we can have a meeting of the minds here whereby the Christopher Matthews of the world, and I'm using you to represent all HBC students in this moment, still get to hear from some of the most important voices in those spaces to help open up their minds on how they now can digest their own politics and get a little bit more involved. So those two, those two steps, I thank you for sharing it, Christopher. I hope all HBCUs beyond just Florida A&M University gets to hear that. Okay. Um, those are the things that you think that FAMU could be doing better. Those are not bad things. Those are not bad things. So it sounds I mean, as if your experience has been generous. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I see that. You, I wish people see you as well as hear you because the minute I said that, that I mean came yeah. with a look. So give us what the look behind the I mean meant. We, we definitely need to fix this housing issue. Uh, I think a lot of HBCUs are having a housing crisis right now. A uh, food desert. We have a food desert around FAMU. We need more. Uh, I just say more businesses in general, but maybe more black black owned businesses, maybe more co op businesses, where we have like community markets and things of that nature to support us. Um, also, parking. Parking is an issue. Uh, I don't like. I'm not gonna go too deep into our issues, but there's definitely things we can work on. You're mentioning. So listen. When your episode gets out, people are going to be nodding their heads that it's almost going to break. Because at least with a lot of the HBC students that I speak to across the country, you're mentioning a lot of the same issues that they're having as well. One is a pleasant issue. And I call it pleasant because all of our enrollment numbers are skyrocketing, right? Yep. And I think the onus now is on us. I, 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 I see that look on your face. I see it. The onus is on us to rise up to the occasion of these enrollment numbers skyrocketing. People need to have places to live. People need to be able to maneuver in a functional way once they actually get to the campus. Go ahead, Christopher. Especially with the overturning of affirm affirmative action, there's going to be a large chunk of students who can't get into those universities who are going to go to HBCUs now and 
I mean, this is something that a lot of people don't know. FAMU has a cap on the student population. We can't pass 10,000 students, I believe. So that is very interesting to see how that is going to affect FAMU and mm. how we can uh, take more students in because there literally is a cap on how many students we can take in. Interesting. But besides that, um, we, we definitely need to uh, upgrade our campuses all around. We definitely need to invest more. Alumni need to donate more. We just need more engagement all around. You are joining the ranks of alumni, uh, effective May 2024. Um your tone may, may change ever so slightly once you become an alum. But I look forward to you still having the same level of energy and care for your, for your alma mater in order for you to come back the same way you're asking alumni to come back and engage the students as they matriculate through, through your university. Christopher, Finish this sentence for me. In 10 years, I will. In 10 years, I will conquer all my goals. I'm digesting that. I'm digesting that. In 10 years, I will conquer all my goals. I'm going to take us on a slight diversion, ever so slightly. I, you remind me of so many amazing committed, focused students. And I want you to remain on that pathway. We've talked a lot about serious stuff, politics, uh, uh, challenges that HBCUs are facing, steps that they could take in addressing some of them. Give me something fun about Christopher Matthews. Give me, give me a fun goal you want to have accomplished in 10 years. Something that's personal, something light. Well, I'm working on my own book right now. Um, I'm writing a book. It's, I'm not going to reveal the name, but it's Politics, Theology, and the Future. And just writing about what I most think about every day. And I think I can really really enlighten the masses. So that's really what I'm happy about. That's, I'm a reader. Going every day. I'm a reader. When it comes out, don't forget me and yes, let me know. And I will get a copy. I don't want it for free. I, I literally always buy the books even before the guest comes onto the show. If they have a book, do not want it for free. I just want to read it whenever it comes out because I look forward to hearing more in the mind of Christopher Matthews. <laughs> yep. Christopher, share with us, share with the audience a project of yours that you are working on now that you would love the audience to know about. I have to go back to the nonprofit, Helping Black Absolutely. Community Incorporated. Uh, we recently uh, brought the mayor of Tallahassee for a town hall discussion. Uh, first day of school, brought him to school, uh, brought him to campus. We had about 15 to 20, 25 students come out town hall discussion, ask questions about what's going on in the city. A lot of people ask about gun violence and, you know, how do we can uh, stay protected. And I think that's probably my short-term goal is making sure this is going to be sustainable for the next couple of years. Um, we're in our second year of operations right now, and we're looking to scale this. Like I said, we're going to, God willingly, we'll be across the nation. So that's probably the, the, the short-term goal right now. Give me the name of your nonprofit again, Christopher. Helping Black Communities Unite Incorporated, HBCU Inc. Helping, I am slow. 
I am slow. Helping black communities unite incorporated. I'll never forget it now. Helping black communities unite incorporated. I want to say it a few more times because I do want whoever listens to this to look it up and support yeah. Christopher Matthews in every way you can. Help it's HBCU Inc. Helping HBCU Inc. helping black communities unite incorporated. Powerful. For more information, hbcuinc.org. On um, you can look it up on Google, hbcuinc.org or hbcuinc on Instagram. I love it. I absolutely love it, Christopher. Bless the audience with a parting word or phrase on why you love HBCUs. HBCUs are going to be crucial to our survival in America. HBCUs are crucial, have been crucial to our survival in America so far, and they will continue to prove to be crucial to our survival in America going forward. I don't see how university presidents, I don't see how, <laughs> Uh, I don't see how you don't get called more in the future to speak and engage with persons. I, it's, it's, it's in your future, Christopher. It's in your future. And I am grateful to you that you honored us with your presence through this conversation today. It is clear to you, Christopher, I hope it is clear to my audience that I have enjoyed having you as my guest for this episode. To the audience, I truly hope that you have enjoyed hearing from Christopher Matthews, a soon-to-be graduate at Florida A&M University. I also hope that I have earned the honor of you liking this episode and subscribing to I Love My HBCU Question Mark wherever you get your podcasts and yours in HBCU Love. See you next episode. See you later. You've been listening to I Love My HBCU Question Mark. Let's keep the conversation going as we share our stories and encourage more practical support of HBCUs, whilst, of course, holding each other accountable. Don't forget to follow and subscribe for the latest episodes. Until next time, love and lift your HBCU.